in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. We're back for another week with no movies releasing this weekend. So yeah. uh, it was another week to scramble to find a topic and <laughs> find one we did. That we did. Uh, we, uh, we're we doing the Top 10 Movies released in the month of July in the 2000s. So from 2000 on to 2020, obviously nothing was released in 2020 uh, in July in the theaters necessarily. So mm-hmm. we thought we'd uh, uh, kind of revisit the previous 19 years. Matt, I'm telling you, there were a lot of choices. I was surprised. I thought it'd be all just kind of summer fair, but there were actually there actually were some very interesting choices all around from comedy, action, franchise, superhero, uh, even some more of the smaller independent films. There was a lot that came out in July uh, yeah. in every year of the 2000s. Um, so it was an interesting list to put together. Across what and then, yeah, I know it, it's a weird list when you look at it, but I think yeah. Some of the context, uh, looking at my list at least, is was I expecting this type for July? You have certain expectations this time of year, so right. that kind of influences a little bit of the ranking, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, built into more of a summer fair movie, but there's some that snuck on and be like, Yeah, that was kind of not what you expect in the summer. There's so many of those, too. There's a bunch of movies that aren't going to make this list they're all excellent. It's just like, a, I don't know, this one screams more July to me because it's right, just, right. Right. arbitrary decision on my part. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good movies Yeah, uh, to choose from. And it's weird because there's certain years where there's like five and then two years straight where there's only one. For me. I, I had a few years where there was none uh, Probably. for me that I would rank in the top 10 necessarily. Certainly films I enjoyed, but not films that I'd necessarily rank in the top 10. So that was, uh, at first it started out going like, oh man, there's a lot of these. And then it started to slow down a little bit and then it picked up again. So yeah, interesting thing to break down all these films and where they rank in your own personal top 10. And I tried to limit them in terms of franchise to one. Uh, so uh, I did that as well uh, and so, as, as I was looking at the entire list. Okay. But Matt, before we jump, um, yeah, before we jump into this thing, though, Matt, I got to ask you, dude. I got to ask your thoughts. A few people asked me this the other day on one of my shows. They're like, "What does Matt knows think about the fact that they might be doing a Fletch reboot with John Hamm?" Have you heard this? It yeah. is in motion, apparently. Uh, people tweet him. It could work. John Hamm can pull off the comedy and the straight face. Yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't thus far really delivered the straight dry. When mm-hmm. he's dropping his comedy, but so far he's done so many, like he, he's played the buffoon. He's played the straight man within a comedic scene. He's played like yeah. the guy dropping the good one-liners one not. He's, he's shown a tremendous amount of range. So I think he could do it. Okay. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was my favorite until, you know, basically still my favorite, but at this point I don't think he can do it. Yeah. Uh, the, they're going with the second book. Which is, um, you know, uh, which deals with uh, Fletch being accused of murder. There's multiple people who've died. He is one of the suspects, uh, and he's out to prove his innocence 
throughout this thing. But do you think he could really pull off like, because A, like Ham is close to his 50s. Chevy was in his 30s when he was doing it. Um, yeah. Do you but- really do you really buy a guy in his 50s doing these smart aleck response to things? I don't know. It seems kind of childish at 50. Does John Ham really look like he's in his 50s? <laughs> well, Whereas Chevy and Fletch, you could have told me he was 44 and I would have believed it. Right. Oh, okay. All- Right. His hair is already thinning. He doesn't come off as some young spry whippersnapper. So yeah, it's really the dry delivery to me because that that's been Chevy's bread and butter. Yeah, you know, forever still is, um, and it's a very specific to me kind of cadence. Are they going to do the same type of over the top stupid characters too to throw in? That's That'll what I wonder. Well, Joe Don Baker wasn't too over the top. Everyone else was, but not Joe Don. Would you? Would you want to see Chevy reprise appear? No. Or would that be weird? Yeah. No. Right? There's no point. Like his dad? Maybe he's his dad or something like that. Why, though? Uncle Fletch. Why? Yeah. They did it with Vacation, right? Where he was, wasn't. Which one? Ed Helms was he, he was Chevy's son. He was the Anthony Michael Hall character growing up, I think. Oh, I never saw that. You watched that turd? I had to watch it. (laughs) There's no way the trailer. I, I as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like that. That looks terrible. Yeah. And then all the early wave was, you know, not good. And I was like, oh, okay, it just yeah. confirms. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, vacations are very specific. Like Vegas, I enjoy just because I enjoy the others right. so much. But it's a terrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. Uh, he's got certain moments when they go to that off-brand casino and they're playing like war and guess which hand and stuff. That that's kind of funny. And they've got other moments within Vegas, but overall, it's a bad movie. And right. if it didn't have uh, Chevy and Beverly D'Angelo, I wouldn't have watched it. Fair, fair. So, uh, yeah. But and by characters, I meant all the ones that Fletch plays. Will they still do that? Oh, with John oh, I see with John Hamm. Oh, I see. You mean like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar character and the well in his well that dream. was in his dream right right but he you plays like, like the, the hillbilly mechanic that shows up yeah come on guys it's all ball bearings these days hi <laughs> uh, but with big false teeth is he gonna is he gonna do that is he gonna I, there are others that I could see him pulling off yeah but you know some of them were just so ridiculous uh, but like the Harry S Truman when he's out just trying to get information yeah. <laughs> And then uh, uh, Poon, when he's trying to get the more information from uh, that one secretary. I'm Frida's boss. Who's Frida? <laughs> you know, my secretary. Uh, I Those you can do. Just it's a back and forth. It's a give and go. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of hope they don't do this really stupid characters. But it's it's totally possible. I have faith. I can see that. Okay. I like John Hamm. So mm-hmm. why okay. not? All right. It's better um, than Jason Lee. I never understood that. Yeah, that was a weird. But I mean, that that was at the time. He was kind of big at the time, and he was <sighs> had that Earl show, I think. And so they were kicking around that idea. So I could I could have seen it at the time, but not not now, of course, um, for sure. Yeah, I haven't couldn't tell you the last time I saw him on, in something. No, he's kind of walked away from stuff. I think after the Chipmunks movies, he's kind of taken a chill, chill a bit of a chill pill. And don't forget, he's part of the Kevin Smith universe. I don't know if he showed up in that Jay and Silent Bob reboot. He might have, but I, I didn't watch it, so uh, I don't know. He's part of another universe as well with L. Ron Hubbard. So that could be the real reason that he took a step back. Yeah. Uh, but who knows, you know? 
Um, all right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, and one last thing. Do you think the NBA is going to happen, bro? Come on, bro. Come on. Be real. Russell Westbrook yeah. tested positive. Come on. People are breaking curfew already. What? Three have been caught. Two, you know, a caught. few people now have to leave for family emergencies. So that's going to be interesting. How long will they have to quarantine when they get back? Minimum, you know, two weeks type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I Look, it comes down to, I think the players themselves are going to do everything within their power outside of like making a, a mistake here or there, but they're going to do everything. The system's in place. I don't know if you watch uh, Matisse Thibel's got, he started a YouTube channel and he's no. doing vlogs of what it's like to be in the, the bubble. He's done three wow. of them so far. It's really interesting, but they, they have to take their temperature and uh, like a blood pressure or an oximeter or something every right. morning. And that has to be sent in before they're allowed to, to leave, to go to their places. And they have a wristband that checks them in. And then that check-in also takes to computer and gives all the health breakdowns of, of everything they've been doing. And it's very like, it's regulated on there and it's just all the workers coming in. I think that's right. the monkey wrench. Your contention was that a player is going to sneak out and fool around with some ladies or something. And I just, I think you would get blackballed out of the league by yeah. you would, you would, your yeah. team would disown you. You would lose the the time. If you're dumb enough to do that, you will be drummed out of the NBA so quick. Uh, I just don't. Okay. Any team that possibly would, they're going to be gone in a week once games resume. Like your Wizards are going to be gone in 10 days. Oh, they, I don't even know why we're down there. It's an absolute waste of time. There's no absolute point. Absolute waste of time. There's no, no point. We, they should just start the game. We should lay down on the court. They should say a 25-point lead ends the game, and they should let them score 25 points to be done with it, man. It's ridiculous. They, they, they shouldn't even do that. They should never have invited them. They should just forfeit. They, at this point, they should just forfeit the Flat game. out. Yeah. Flat out. Bertan, what? So what? Hachimura can get more run? I mean, yeah, I guess that's good. It's like practice yeah. in essence, but yeah. there's no, you're just increasing the potential chance because those guys all don't give a shit. So they could leave. Right. There's no stakes for them. But anybody that's on any kind of championship contention, if you screw up, man, any legit team is, ne- I mean, they're never going to look at you the same. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. So I yeah. just, I don't know, but Florida's okay. the hotbed, and and it totally yeah. could spring up, and they're not checking all the staff at all times. Like they are, they're doing the best they can, but there's there's a lot of holes in this. Shit's going down, man. Yeah, I just don't think it'll be the players doing it because there's okay. too much at stake for them. Well, they set up a, a snitch hotline, man. If they set up a hotline. That means they have. They know people are doing some shit. No, I think that's just an extra form of policing. But at the same time, some players, uh, I think, a couple calls have been made. Yeah, but there there have been other players with like I don't snitch, and that's just their tweet. All right. It's like All right. that that's fine, but uh, I respect you protecting the shield, man. I'm just saying. I uh, I know something's going. I happen. think from the league and the, they're doing all they possibly can. And all the guys can do is focus on practice, and they go back to their room, and everything's very you know you can go hang out here. Yeah, but that food and, at the room. Oof. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at, man. I know. There's I know there's how, a lot of problems with this. I don't know how every team doesn't have a personal chef and their assistants who live in the bubble. There's I don't get it. They're bringing in food and checking it. I just don't get it. So it's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I don't, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that's for another show. Probably, um, it probably violates union rules because they have a, a union contract amongst all those the workers. So you can't bring them in if you want to use our facilities. You have to use our staff. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, whatever, man. But I think that's what killed them. You know, I said it before, which I, I, I don't. I'm sure the NBA. I hope the NBA would have offered. Hey, 
we'll match your salary if you live on site here for the duration of the games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably did. They yeah. Probably so did. if you make $20,000 in that three months, we'll pay you an additional bonus of $20,000 to live right. here with us. Right, right. It cuts into all of our profits, but it also allows us to generate money, profits. Yeah. So yeah. it's fine. True. Uh, it's a, but, yeah, I, you know, it it looks like it could happen. I hope I genuinely hope it does because this is going to be one of the most. I was thinking about this the other day. As much as Curry and and Clay and Draymond and those guys aren't there, I bet you they wish they were because this is a unique experience that more than likely will only happen one time in the history of the league. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Uh, there was a quote from Kimball Walker saying like he saw Braun. Uh, walking around, he was like, it was really interesting because he wasn't surrounded by a thousand people. Yeah, he could just be himself because he's surrounded by other players and right, teams. So right. no one gives a shit. They do give a shit, but they don't give a shit type of thing. Right, right, right. Um, and just like that's a very unique environment. I'm, I, I would love to be on the bubble. All the reporters saying like, oh, it's tough to be here for three months to three and a half months. And be like, yeah, but it's such a, it's a, such a singular experience. I would mm-hmm. do it for that. It would be so interesting. Yeah. To have that kind of just hang out, experience the atmosphere, the the access. You have a common bond with these other individuals for the rest of your lives. You remember that 2020? How fucked up was that? Yeah, but then you're wearing the mask for like eight hours a day, you know? Or Price you pay. Time. Yeah, Price I guess so. It's not easy, but I guess so. Um, anyway, all right. Well, uh, we're not here to talk about that kind of stuff, but I wanted to get Matt's thoughts on it. Uh, we're here to count down some movies. And like we said, we, uh, we, you know, we decided to do the top 10 movies released in the month of July, in the 2000s, 2000 to 2019, uh, which ones qualify and count them down here on the top 10 show. A lot of choices, as we said. Uh, so are you ready to jump in, Matt? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, once we set a topic, we go our personal ways and create individual top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Yep. Boom. And like we said before, Buku number of movies to choose from. Right. Like obscene number that's on some Vietnamese, level. That's Vietnamese for a lot, but yes, yes. Absolutely. Oh, no, it's French for a lot. Sorry. Um, Buku. But <laughs> you more than likely got that from Full Metal Jacket or. Yes, you know what I mean? of course. So you, of course I did. Of course. You I did. picked it up through movies and other uses. And that's I... pretty sure that's where I picked it up as well. <laughs> uh, so I, it's, it's like it, it, at the bottom of the list. You could honestly put in 15 movies, in my opinion. Like oh, legit. yeah. If somebody was like, you know, I would have had this here, totally. I yep. totally agree. Yep. There's there's just too many. So I chose Cartel Land. Wow. Okay, the documentary. Yeah. All right. Knock yourself out. Because it's out of left field. Yeah, it totally uh, is. It is. And there's so many to choose from. Hey, mm-hmm. why not mention a movie that maybe it's only come up on our list, or I know mine for sure, on one other show? Yeah. So we don't really get to talk about it too much, but it's a documentary about uh, the cartels in Mexico and how different communities are combating this issue. Some are relying on the government. Some are just saying, screw it. We're going solo. Right. There's kind of like this folk hero gentleman that's leading that that charge and how somewhat corrupt he is in and of himself. Yeah. But the pervasiveness of the issue was palpable. You could see how it affects all these different strata and areas, geographic regions within Mexico. Mm. It's, it's depressingly fascinating yeah. and it's our fault. <laughs> right. It is. If, if there was not a demand for cocaine, oh, like yeah. there is in this yeah. country, then there would not be basically the transportation through Mexico to get it here. And all the money in certain areas that's the only way to make 
a dollar. Yeah. Like you go over here and work for two months or you could do this and make all that two months in a couple of days. Yeah. It's a, I think it's, it's going to be a good uh, double feature. If you had Sicario and this and cartel land would be a good double feature. If you were going to really d- dive into this issue and get into it a little bit. So uh, definitely. Yeah. That's it's a tough documentary, tough documentary to watch. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, if you like that subject yeah. or intrigued at all, it's really good. It's yeah. well done. Um, you don't know anything about these people and you don't need to, because by the end you understand what they're going through on some level right. as best you can empathize with the situation that you'll never be a part of. Hopefully fingers crossed Yeah, for yeah. those listening. Uh, but I know I won't. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't do uh, the yayo, so I don't have to, I, you know, there's no blood on these hands. Technically speaking, I have no blood diamonds. Come on, like, come, on, come, on come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. How much you charge me interest? Come on, come on. That's uh, you know, uh, all right. What's your uh, number nine, man? Nine is a, could you argue it should be top five? Yes, but it doesn't, doesn't strike me as a July film, so to speak. Okay. You know what I mean? With a, a tent pole issue, you have expectations type of thing. Which is road to perdition. Uh, okay. Tough cut, tough cut, tough cut. Okay. Couldn't put it in. Couldn't put it in. I'm telling you these bottom, like two, three <sighs> spots, man, you can make a case. Oh, I yeah. will. I will agree to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put road to pay. It would. You know, if we're just saying the best movies on this, it's tough to say that Road to Perdition isn't an awesome movie. Right. Of course. Absolutely. I had a hard time leaving it off. Uh, yeah. But there were reasons for it. And as much as I enjoy that movie, whenever it comes on, I just feel like these other movies deserved a little better, uh, deserve to be on the list for better reasons, I guess. Yeah. But great, great choice, man. I love that movie. We, we It's a well, top 10 favorite. It's absolutely a top 10 favorite. Yeah. Better is subjective. You mean for personal reasons? Yeah, well, personal I mean. reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it ran, lands at nine because it doesn't have to carry the expectations of a huge tentpole. True. True. And in July, that is a large hurdle to clear. And the you know the movies that do and then succeed on top of that, not only financially successful, yeah. but a damn good movie. Like there's, I can't imagine that type of pressure on writer, director, actors, studio, producers, et cetera, et cetera, all on down the line to get everything just right to resonate like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's why it's my nine. Okay, all right. Uh, so then uh, what's my, your eight? My eight is uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. That's my eight, son. Yeah, nice choice. Nice it's, choice. Yeah, it's it was this or another Harry Potter. I like this one better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I could mm-hmm. only find two that came out in July. Okay. I don't know if you found more. Uh, no, only two that I saw that came out in July. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's basically, it's the team up. It's seven samurai ish. Yeah. There's two, you know, there's already like the older team and then they're like, they're still trying to keep the kids as safe as they can from this. Right. And the teenagers, whatever they are at this point, eventually realize that they have to stand up for their own because the Ministry of Magic is kind of thwarting. Plus, you get that great villain in uh, uh, Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, Dolores Umbridge, yeah. Which, I mean, just with a look. Yeah. Was it Staunton or Stanton? Staunton? Elder Staunton, yeah. Staunton. Yeah. She's great. Oh, she is so evil with just mm-hmm. a little look. Just Wearing that uh, you, pink, too. Ugh. Yeah. You just hate her. Yeah. And the little details, I guess, you know, over the years, so much has come out about it. I think, like, um, the certain aspects of her grow menacing, like uh, on her outfits, 
the buttons may eventually be like skull and bones or something, <laughs> but they're so tiny. You don't notice it, but it's all these sudden, they, they keep adding all these more details as she gets darker and more and more evil. Mm. Although isn't that at the end when it, it's implied that she kind of gets brutally, uh, Yes. Raped by the centaurs. It seems like there's something terrible that's really going to happen to her. And we just kind of move on from it. Yeah. Yeah. The implication that's, that is pretty brutal, Mm -hmm. but serious black, his arc. And then the reveal of Voldemort where the ministry of magic, magic can no longer turn a blind eye to it is great. It's a great way to end that movie. Yeah. They're Um, like, he's back. He's back. Yeah. Yeah, Fuckers. We've been telling you for two films now he's back, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the the nice build, because it always feels somewhat anticlimactic. Whereas yeah. that that to me did not in comparison to other of the movies. The fight was great too between mm-hmm. Voldemort and Harry and uh, and Dumbledore and Dumbledore down there. It's fantastic that fight. Yeah, yeah, and the with all those green like emerald looking chimney things. Yeah, yeah, the, the glass that swirls around or whatever that's debris. It's just it's beautifully done top to yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's an it's it's a good one. It's one I've come to appreciate more, Matt. Now, as I've gone back to watch some of these Harry Potter, because they're on all the time, right? But they were on for a while on one of the pay channels, like constantly. And so, I was watching one of the films. I'm like, this is actually a damn good movie. I know people talk about Azkaban, and they love it, but I think Azkaban wins because the first two were so childlike with a Columbus did that okay. Azkaban came out and people were like, Oh shit, Azkaban, this is what it could be. But I think order of the Phoenix is every bit as good as Azkaban. And I think deathly hollows part one or two is just as good as those two films. So, I mean, there are, there are a number of films within the franchise here. Hell, um, the half blood prince is not a bad movie either. So I think they get enjoyable yeah. after you jump over goblet of fire, they become, they become enjoyable all the way to the rest of the, to the end of the series. I mean, for yeah, for us, definitely once it pivots into an adult story or a more adult oriented story, it gets much better. Right. I you know, I haven't seen the Sorcerer's Stone in years. Oh, Sorcerer's Yeah. It's a child they're both fine. It's a kids movie. They're just kids' movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, it's just a kids' movie and you mm-hmm. know what it grows into becoming. Deathly Hallows two, I didn't really like. It was fine. Yeah, one is the better one. I think you're right. I think one is the better one than two. Although one has that like twenty minutes where they're walking through the bog, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I you're just you're stretching. You're hobbiting this shit. <laughs> How dare you? How dare? Oh, it's you. not as bad. The Hobbit is. You know, you guys took a leaflet and turned it into a movie. <laughs> that, Stop it. That that's not even. Big. It's not the Hobbit. That book is tiny. That book is not tiny. The book. <laughs> Hold on, the I'm Hobbit, the I'm Hobbit is up. like nothing. <laughs> it's fucking nothing. Look at how many the page count on the Hobbit versus the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Rings, well, of makes course, all the three books, man. Yeah, okay, but one of those books, I believe, is two to three times the size of the Hobbit, if memory serves. Right. The Hobbit is three hundred and ten pages. Okay, uh, the Lord of the Rings page count is eleven hundred and seventy-eight pages. The entire thing so exactly. so you know it's uh, about a third about a third a little bit exactly. under a third all right but they took that third and instead of just having it be one movie stretch that shit out to where they're throwing plates and singing a song and i don't i don't how is this is character development like i yeah it's it just too it's too stinking long all right that's fair yeah definitely um, i didn't quite do that but it's I understand why you can't have that all in one movie, but 
Maybe I think it's more comparable to uh, Hunger Games. I think that's where they took that thing oh. and stretched it out over six hours. Like it is not a six-hour uh, book. Yeah, I saw um, the first two and I stopped. I didn't care anymore. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, anyway, well, good good movie though with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix for sure. Uh, all right, so my number ten, uh, um, which I'm surprised it jumped onto the list because I do have issues with the ending of this movie, but I had to put it on the list. I think for everything else leading up to that ending is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, dude, that's a punt. Okay, if you say so. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, so my number nine then is uh, 2000s X Men. Okay. Yeah, not on your list. No. Okay. So- one of the worthy. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, it still holds up still. I mean, the toad stuff is a little weird, but everything other than that, I think is, is damn good to watch and enjoyable. A film that takes its time uh, presenting this world to you, presenting the characters, the relationships, all of that works still really, really well. Uh, there's no way we have an MCU without this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, 2008's Iron Man was great. But 2000's X-Men and 2002's X-Men 2, I think, showed you what was possible in this genre. Uh, and so it, it really turned studio executives around about superhero movies. And certainly 89's Batman and 78's Superman deserve credit, of course. But I think this is the thing to launch superhero, the superhero decade or, or era, I guess, uh, this film and you know the the Ian McClellan and Ian McKellen rather and the Patrick Stewart are fantastic uh, with each other in chemistry. Hugh Jackman, the unknown Hugh Jackman yeah. in Wolverine, doing incredible work. You know, Famke Jansen's great. Scott Marsden or James Marsden rather and uh, um, Anna Paquin. I think she's in this one too. You know, all of it just yeah, kind of works so well. Halle Berry even, um, and then of course you've got uh, Rebecca Romaine as Mystique. It, it all works so well, and that saber tooth guy is good too. So. It just was surprised at how grounded yet fantastical the film still is, which uh, I think deserves uh, its place here for me in the top 10 of all the films that come out in July. What about you? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. It, it yeah. got written down on the side list. Uh, okay. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times. You know, I owned it at one point on DVD until I you know got rid of that shit because I don't need to, to clutter in my life. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't go back to rewatch it now. In the context of all the other superhero movies that have come out, yeah, it just it seems rudimentary on some level compared to what we get later on. Now, if they took that and made it today with that same cast, I think they make a more complex and tight story. Um, and it's 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 good. Yeah, Hugh Jackman's yeah. great. I yeah. like the politician villain. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. that was a good little hook on it. And yeah. uh, Mystique is awesome to see. Uh, you know, Ian McKellen is great as Magneto, and yeah. you know it, some of the casting is so pitch perfect. Uh, but I just don't ever go back to rewatch it. All right, that's fair. All right, what's your number seven? Uh, my seven is Wedding Crashers. Oh man, I really wanted to put it on here. It's I so wanted to put it on here with every a- fiber of my being, and, that I, and but in the end, I just couldn't, even though I should. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. Well, and I might all- change it. It's all Vince Vaughn for me. This is yeah. Vince Vaughn just did his pure. Ch- I wish the movie would have focused on him more. Yeah, because yep. he is so good as uh, was it Isla Fisher keeps freaking him out by getting more and more sexual, and he's just trying to. He goes from this hypersexualized individual, yep. and he gets hit with the same kind of energy, and it neuters him. And it's the where that character goes and what he goes through is so great to me. Like Owen Wilson's good. 
and he has a good, you know, chemistry with Rachel McAdams and, and Christopher yeah. Walken is great as the dad. And you get a young Bradley Cooper and, uh, you know, the weird brother who's got a crush on Vince Vaughn oh as God. well. That's keeps so freaking, funny. yeah, just keeps Dick. freaking him out. I've just, what does he call it? Dick sticks or stomach sticks or whatever he calls it. He wants to play stomach sticks with it. Oh, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but they're just weird. It's just emo kind of depressed. Yeah. He can't come out and he feels repressed more than likely within his sexuality. I love when he yells at Walken as his dad and he just goes, Walken just goes, huh. <laughs> <laughs> such a great reaction. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I love that movie, man. It still holds up. The problem I have, which I couldn't put in the top ten, is because that whole Will Ferrell sequence just feels really weird and tacked on. It doesn't feel in the flow of the movie. Although it's funny, you know, ma, meatloaf, all that's funny. You're just like, nah, this doesn't feel like it belongs in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it takes away from, like, a very real comedy that's happening here between these people and then you bring in this fantastical element of the Will Ferrell character. Everyone else is, yeah, they've got their weird quirks, but Will's is so out there that you're just like, why is this in the well, universe? Um, you know, and you get that he's origi- the original Wedding Crasher. I get that, but still, yeah. it just feels weird. You know? he, well, he's the state of arrested development that they would be in if they didn't grow and mature beyond just this kind of juvenile goal that they yeah. are, they have, you know. So I think you need that character, but it, it is a little jarring when he comes in, um, which is weird because it's it's strange to see Will Ferrell not fit effortlessly into whatever movie. Yeah, is. it no was how, strange, right? Yeah, no matter how good or bad. Like I'm not the biggest Zoolander fan, but he's great as Mugabe. Yeah, <laughs> or Mugatu or whatever. Am I taking crazy pills? Mugatu, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel yeah. like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. I've never great. understood the love of that movie. Yeah, I don't get it either. But see, I would throw Step Brothers into that mix too. I don't get the love of that movie either. I just see that don't. that grew on me. I saw right. the theater and thought right. it was mediocre. And then over time I just more and more the absurdity of it just it works for me. Okay. All right. I know some people oh. live and die by that movie. I don't get it. Um all right, so that's your number seven. What's Correct. your six? My number six is The Born Supremacy. Ooh, yes. Uh, that is my number five. The okay, Bourne well, Supremacy. we'll hold so we'll technically that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so then my number seven is uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Okay. It was a tough cut, but it was a cut. How dare you? How fucking It's one of my you? least favorite. I don't get that. I know some people say that. I don't get that. It is such a damn good movie uh, from beginning to end. It holds up. To me, it holds up. I know some people have the problem with the third act. I don't get their problems with the third act. But I don't get what people seem to have problems with third acts of movies all the time. I don't get it. Like, I don't agree. Like, people had Wonder Woman. The third act bothers me. What the fuck are you talking about? They've been laying the groundwork for this guy to come back. He's back. He's a god. Let's get it on. I think it's because it was David Thewlis, some old dude, and it wasn't like a, a virile young actor. Then, you know, they go, oh, this doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. I thought it made sense completely. And the same thing with this movie. I think the third act totally works. Him, uh, you know, fighting Red Skull, getting up in that plane, and then having that tearful uh, goodbye to Peggy, which carried over for 20 fil- or 22 films, for God's sakes, or 20 films until finally you got some resolution in Endgame. But I thought it was brilliant, man. Evans is great in this film. Hugo Weaving, sadly, is so damn good as Red Skull, but never wants to come back and do it again. Toby Jones is great as Dr. Um, oh, God, I forget the guy's name. Yeah, um, couldn't tell uh, you. 
Yeah, and then uh, everything that goes on with him and Bucky uh, and the Howling Commandos um, with Christopher Christopher uh, McDonald. I, no, is that his name? I don't know what his name. But the guy all, from Band of Brothers. Could, yeah, the guy yeah. from Band of Brothers. Yeah, all those people involved in it. I was and Hell Yeah was great, and Tommy Lee Jones is fantastic. So I just think the the movie deserves way more love than it gets, um, and that's why I put it in my top ten. Man. Yeah, I don't know. He just he takes that serum and then he turns into God. And that's my problem with it. Okay. He does. As soon as he takes that serum, he starts running lightning quick and rips the door off and turns that into his first shield. I'm fine with that. But then the the torpedo boat thing, and he manages to jump in the water and swim faster than the torpedo boat to Mm -hmm. catch up to that. But the guy does the cyanide pill. And then at the end of the movie, when it's the missile the the propeller guided missile and he's never we've never seen him fly anything and yeah. he jumps in and breaks into the cockpit and flies that perfectly into the back <laughs> of a moving plane it's like we've never seen i realize he's captain america but at what point does this dude fail just he he's turns captain america he doesn't fail but we need to see him fail a little bit <laughs> a little bit he just he takes that serum and suddenly all his altruism converts into altruism plus perfection it's like he yeah. just becomes this unflawed individual in the movie yeah. and that's what kills me about it. it's like god damn it have him fail a little bit so i can identify with him yeah uh yeah it's just it becomes it, for a superhero movie it becomes too much for me yeah all right that's fair that's fair that's all, all, right. all right i respect it uh so then uh that's my number seven so then my number six is uh pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl uh, okay, well, that is a slight punt. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we've hit the halfway point, Matt. What do we do now? We take a break and hear this quick word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. All right. You caught me unawares. <laughs> Thank you so much. There we go, and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, great break. So my that's my five is Black Pearl. Oh, okay. Let's talk about it. It's, you know, it's the only one that I'll rewatch. Uh-huh. Pretty much flat out. Uh and to take the dumbest of ideas, which is we're going to make a movie about a ride at Disney World after we'd had Haunted Mansion. And Haunted Mansion is what should always happen to a movie like this. Okay. Okay. Because there's no real backstory. So you're just creating this out of thin air. And it's the flimsiest of premises. Yeah. Um, and to turn something, I mean, it's all Johnny Depp creates this magical charismatic character that we all gravitated towards. And I'm not taking any, anything away from all the other excellent actors in this movie, Mm -hmm. but if you have no Johnny Depp, that movie does not succeed anywhere near. And the fact that they're going to bring it back and it doesn't look like bring him back with it. Right. Seems crazy to me, especially now that all the stuff is coming out. It looks like that he was the one that was getting, you know, attacked pretty regularly. I don't don't know. know. I I wasn't there. So, you know, I, I can't, you know, I, right. I would hesitate to pick a side on that one. It seems like it was a terrible relationship for yes. both of them. And their worst sides came out in that relationship and trying to say, well, you were 1% worser than me. I think it's just ridiculous. It was clearly a terrible relationship between them both. And they should have never been together. And he's an idiot for leaving the, his partner for such a long time. Who'd been with him through thick and thin. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just think you, you, when you go younger, I got no sympathy for you, man. Because you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, re, uh, I don't know, find your, uh, find your youth again as a man, and don't be surprised when it blows up in your face one way or another. So yeah, that's I the way know. I look at it. 
Sure. sure. <laughs> all I all I've read lately is all the her claims being refuted by him with witnesses or proof. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I haven't heard any of her claims be verified as of yet. And I could have missed it. And I don't follow that stuff around. I've just seen it on Twitter and clicked a couple articles because there was yeah. one about him in the in, in you know court in London. Right. At the high court. That's where they're at right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what's been coming out of there. But mm-hmm. so far it seems to be all pretty one sided. Yeah. But it yeah. could also be him presenting right now. I don't know how their court system works. I, I don't know shit. <laughs> but the idea of even attempting to bring this back without him, unless he's, you know, bears out to be a terrible human being, seems yeah. crazy to me. I don't know how you do this without. Does anybody give a shit about pirates if Johnny Depp isn't one of them? Yeah. Yeah. They haven't fleshed out a la Marvel to other superheroes to make a successful franchise outside of this. Yeah. So if you're just going to plug and play, it'll be really interesting how, how good and successful that's going to be. Um, Cause it's going to be hard to resist doing a Johnny Depp esque characters, some kind of boozy. Yeah. Right. You can't kind of have that kind of thing. Can you? No. No. And anybody that does it just like, ah, it seems like a, a you know, a knockoff yeah. uh, later on. So yeah, I don't know, but black Pearl, man, I don't know where, and I was looking forward to the next two after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely, they they made something walking out of theaters like that was. A, I can't believe how much fun that was. It was a yeah. big movie. Johnny yeah. Depp was amazing. He was nominated for an Oscar for it. And yeah. I think I'd have to look at the year, but I assume rightly so because that's a hell of a character. Yes. Uh. So yeah, it it's just a quintessential July type of movie, and it sucks <laughs> that they keep turning out mediocre to bad since then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it was such a surprise. He gets nominated for Best Actor, an Oscar nomination for Best Actor for this role, uh, I think, or Best Supporting. I think it's Best Actor. Yeah, Best Lead. Yeah, and then you you get someone like um, Orlando Bloom, straight out of college. Yeah. Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley, who you just gotten to know off, uh, you know, Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, and you put them, and Jeffrey Rush is fantastic as Barbosa. And it's actually a rollicking, awesome, fun film. It's when they tried to expand the universe. And remember, this is based on a fucking park ride. This isn't based on source material that's a book or a novel. Yeah. It's based on a park ride. When they tried to expand the universe, it didn't 100% work or even half work most of the time. So that's the only shame of it, right? But this film, you can go back and certainly enjoy even more so in comparison to the other films uh, because it's just like, it's just a, a, a time capsule of a movie that should have never worked. And it works so well, um, thanks to uh, I think it's Bruckheimer and the Hans Zimmer score as well is is great. You know, I don't even remember who directed this one, uh, uh, but it's such a damn good movie. I think it's Gore Verbinski. Oh, Gore. Okay, fine. Yeah, Verbinski. That makes sense. Okay, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I you know, fingers crossed. But I think they're bringing in a new director as well. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So I don't Let me know. see. Was it? You might be right, dude. I guess I didn't. I've totally forgot because maybe he did all three of those films. And I guess I just. Yeah, forgot. I think he did the, the, those first three. And then On Stranger Tides was definitely not him. Nope, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did all three of those films. Son of a bitch, man. The guy did The Mexican and The Ring. Then he did Pirates of the Caribbean, then yeah. Dead Man's Chest and World's End. And those were back to back, released in the same, yeah. in like back to back years. He did what? Rango after that? Yes. And then and, Lone Ranger. Okay. Uh, he also did The Weatherman, which I think is one of the, my quietly favorite uh, Nicolas Cage movies. So. 
and Mouse Hunt. Remember that film, Mouse Hunt? With um, Nathan Lane. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a blast from the past. Well, dust off that memory. <laughs> um, anyway, so that was my five. That years. was my five. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. That so was now your we need, five, right. Yeah, your five from the punt. My five is the punt from earlier from you, the Born Supremacy. Yep. Ooh, um, man. It honestly it didn't make my top five because I think the firstborn is my favorite. Okay. It's so good for you. It's yeah. just, it was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, man. Took Matt Damon from, you know, Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting, talented Mr. Ripley, you know, an excellent actor, school ties. Uh, was it under fire? Courage under fire. Courage under fire. Yeah. Like, you know, this type of individual and then turn him into a believable robot like action figure where you're like, holy shit, yeah. the fighting is so good. Like when he's taking on that dude with a pen and the oh, first yeah. one in the apartment, he jams it between his knuckles. Oh, yeah. Just in the tight into orders. It. Yeah. But yeah, in the, in the, yeah, those tight cordon, like the white walls. So it's almost like this clinical kind of environment, if memory serves. She's just, just so kinetic and good yeah. but the third one to wrap up like the second one's good yeah second one's good. The, it's good i like the third one though the third one kind of is yeah is a little bit better and probably on purpose uh because of the storylines and what have you i don't julia styles is a little more a part of the third one than she normally is they have that like storyline with patty considine who's the reporter there in, in in the uk um and they and they and they and they and they and they Can you hear me? I can't hear you. You, you went to this repeated. Sorry about that. I think I was muting go. myself. I apologize. I must have hit some button down here that muted myself. Where did where did I cut off? I don't know. Where did I cut off? Um, all I heard was and then and then and then and then because you repeated the and then or whatever it was, <laughs> and that's what's sticking out in my mind now is just the and then and then and then it just went and dead then, silent. And then all right, uh, but Patty Constantine and then maybe something like that. Yeah, like that because he's got that uh, UK thing going on, and mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, I, I see. Oh, I see what happened here. I, I just messed up with my audio. Let me reselect everything. All right, cool. Uh, can you hear me now? Am I good? Yeah, you're you're fine. Okay. okay. Yeah, um, I love I love that. The, basically, you you see that this shadow part of the government. Is only one small part of this other shadow part of the government, right? Which ultimately is more than likely just part of another, which is just part of another. <laughs> it's this nesting doll of slush slush funds from illegal arms sales or yeah. drug sales or whatever the the hell our government is doing to try and impress our will upon the world. Yeah, um, yeah, it's nice and gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's sad. I. Do I think we have anything like this? Not to this degree. You know what I right. mean? Not cold-blooded robot killers, but do I think we have a network of mercenary individuals like this? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it, my man. I wouldn't nope. doubt it. And anywhere that's a hotspot, yes. Yeah. And then probably some major cities as well. Yeah. Uh, and by some, I mean a lot of major cities as well. <laughs> that's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good times, uh, USA. <laughs> USA. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you, you hear about that stuff and you hope it's not true, but they do make movies about it. They do write books about it. You're like, hmm, okay. 
So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And we're not the only ones either. No, true. Very true. Yeah. And some countries have people like that, uh, of theirs in our country more than yeah. likely. Yeah. That's a fair point. Uh, Anyway, just just good stuff. Uh, great way to wrap it all up, and uh, you know, discover the thing. I, you know, Jason Bourne didn't work out so well um, in the long run, and I didn't no. mind. I didn't mind the Jeremy Renner one, but I don't necessarily go back and watch it. Um, which is yeah. something because Rachel McAdams is in that. Oh, not Rachel McAdams. I'm sorry, Rachel Vice. And uh, normally, I'd be like all about that, but you know, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, no. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I've never seen it since. Yeah. All right. And I, oh. I don't care. Uh, Oh, what do you got to plug back in? Yeah, it's weird. You sound a little uh, different, like a little bit away. I'm sounding like I'm away? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's me, though. Maybe it's on my end. I'm trying uh, to see if I plug the new thing. All right. I mean, I can hear you. It's no big deal. So Okay. Anyway, all right. Go ahead. What do we got next? Uh, well, I'll be, be interested to see. I, I spent time today fiddling with some of the equalizer settings on my Zoom. My Zoom. Yeah. Oh. Now I'm back and forth with you. Now my audio sounds weird. weird. Uh huh. It's echoing back from you to me. So, oh, is it going back and forth? Yeah. Now that. Yep. Did you click anything new? No, I'm just uh, going into the. um, How about now? Is it still an issue? Uh, On your end, no. Okay, I don't hear bouncing back to me anymore. Okay. Good. No, I just switched over to the AT2020 to make sure it's all coming through the right microphone. But for some reason, you're coming through my MacBook speaker and not my earphones. Okay. So maybe I need to change that. No, because I'm connected to the ear, to the 2020, so it's weird. Anyway, uh, all right. I mean, I know there's a setting within the program that allows you to, to click which headphone you want to tap into. Oh, yeah, maybe... Down at that, the bottom down there? Right. The cam mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on audio on that, I've got a headphones option on there. Yeah. And you can select where it goes to. This is good for a little behind the scenes for people. Yeah. How's that? You're going to keep talking? Uh, I'll keep talking. Let's see. He's fiddling around, clicking buttons. Making the internet happen, guys. It's like watching, it's like watching Hugh Jackman and Swordfish. I think I'm going to step out for one second and come right back in and see if that affects it. All right, see more rambling for me. I think it's two weeks in a row. So Golden Ticket Update, for those listening, the new show that we got coming out, that is the name of it, is Golden Ticket. We have reached out to people playing. We're setting up. We're building in the back end with, with some graphics and a new theme song for it, and we've got all the scheduling but we're working on uh, – we start recording those in the very, very near future. And then we'll have, hopefully on next week's show, some idea of the first release date. And then it'll come out and we'll have, like, the release schedule. And so many people reached out to uh, want to be a part of this. I mean, the Golden Ticket is you're playing in a, in a Jeopardy-like tournament. The winner gets to be a guest on the show. Uh, further down the line, once we've gotten through all the the individuals that signed up for this, and we have a, a – very vast number. It's March Madness size bracket uh, that we've got to break down. Um, so you got matches aplenty coming up for you in the near future. And hopefully, I uh, uh, I think it's Jay Golden or Golden Eyes or something along those lines. I fiddled with the presets on my audio this week. There we uh, go. Can You're you back. hear me? Yeah. Sorry about that. You're back. You're good. That was on me. Anyway. Yeah. 
So hopefully Golden, my my audio sounds better this week. I gave him a little breakdown on the upcoming Golden Ticket. Oh, nice. And then uh, uh, whatever, you walked in right as uh, that was ending. So you ready to jump back in? Yeah, let's do that. What, where are we at? Uh, we just did your five. So my four, yes, which is the punt from you earlier, which is once upon a time. Oh, wow. Four. Interesting. Okay. It's the first Tarantino in a while where I walked out and I loved it. I flat okay. out loved it. Okay. The, the problem you have with the third act to me, that makes all the sense in the world, given mm-hmm. the context of the, it's a fairy tale. Um, it's, it's, you know, took inspiration from this and spun out a completely different story. So the fact that it goes hyperbolic at the end yeah. to me seems to the only now having seen it, the only sensical way for it to have progressed. And I, I mean, I was laughing and enjoying every single second of that entire build <laughs> to then him coming out into the pool area. I knew yeah. it was coming too. like 10 seconds before I was like, Oh shit. For anybody that hadn't seen it, I don't want to say, but I was like, Oh shit, that he said, this is going to happen. And then it happened. And I was giddy. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was perfect. I love the whole buildup. Although to me, it seems, you know, I thought DiCaprio, if anybody's going to win from for it should have been him. I thought his was but nothing against Pitt. I love Brad Pitt, but DiCaprio's just resonated more with me, but they were both awesome. And uh, the Bruce Lee sequence, that's a, that's a dream. So the, right, of course right, right. it's, it's going to be all weighted in the side of the guy that's daydreaming it. That's how I took it at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like this isn't a true story. This is him going. Oh, it's, oh, this is the reason I can't go on set. I fuck. I beat up Bruce Lee, man. Everybody saw it too. You're like, okay, buddy. Okay, <laughs> a stunt man that lives in a trailer. Okay, yeah. yeah I don't know if I buy that. Uh, but you do look like Brad Pitt, so maybe. Um, but yeah, I just. It's been a while, man. His last few, uh, you know, I've enjoyed Django. Would have been, I guess, the next one after this. But I think this is superior to me okay. than Django. Okay. Inglorious, no. Yeah, um, yeah I don't enjoy Inglorious as much as other people do. No. Uh, I like Django, but it's not one I'll necessarily put on again and watch. But I could see myself watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood up oh, until that ends. Up until that end. So I get it. Like, everything with DiCaprio and Pitt is great. Just great uh, and uh, enjoyable and masterful. I do think they kind of underwrite uh, Margot yeah. Robbie's uh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. character there. They just turn her into like little scenes for everyone to ogle at or want to be with her. Um, and that kind of substitutes for me what should be there. So in the end, I don't 100% like it, but the script is great. And so it's fun to kind of walk into the world and have him like confidently write about something he really knows about, you know? So, you know, uh, one of my favorite little tidbits I found out about afterwards, mm-hmm. that line where, Pitt drops off DiCaprio on the set when he's going to do the Western. And he's like, and, and, you know, DiCaprio's down on himself and like the most actory of ways. And Pitt just stops him and be like, Hey, don't forget you're Rick fucking Dalton. And he's like, yeah. And that worked. That was motivation. Yeah. So that was an ad lib by Pitt because <laughs> when he first started in Hollywood, he had this dude that was kind of a hanger on They would get the free meals and get the free clothes and kind of lived at his house and whatnot. And he would say that to him every once and again. And I guess Pitt's take was it was cheesy, but every once and again, it did kind of like work a little bit. (laughs) And he just threw that in there to cheer him up. And and DiCaprio's (laughs) reaction and Quentin 
recognizing what it was. was like, oh, that is great. Like you had a dude kind of, you know, it seems like they're genuinely friends. Right, right. As oh, opposed yeah. to, to what Pitt was describing. Well, there's no that. way. There's no way Pitt would have taken like his stunt double role if him and DiCaprio weren't like great friends, you know, because there's an ego factor that gets involved there as well. Yeah. And I think Pitt knows, look, hey, look, that's that's Leonardo. Like Leonardo wants the Oscars and all that kind of stuff. I don't think Brad chooses the films necessarily that will lead to Oscars. I think Brad chooses films that he just wants to do. You know, you you wouldn't catch DiCaprio dead in a twelve in a, uh, a Ocean's Twelve movie or Ocean's Thirteen or Ocean's Eleven. That's not DiCaprio's fair. Um, so yeah. Pitt's fine doing the uh, the role because he's because uh, he has a friendship with DiCaprio, and it totally works. You know, it totally works. Oh, it does. They have they have great chemistry. I would love to see them in if this is going to be Tarantino's final. Somehow get the two of them back together. I don't know if it'll, but they've each done two with him now. I believe. Yeah. So. Maybe they close out and do a third, and it's just like this huge all-star cast. You know, Sam Jackson wasn't in Once Upon a Time. Bring him. Uh, Sam Jackson's got to be in ten. Just flat out has to be in ten. Uh yeah. But yeah, I just going into it, the expectation it's a Tarantino, and the the trailers and the billboards all around town. I was buying into the hype, and it's been a while since that. With you know, I'm always kind of cautious. Because it's Tarantino, so you want it to be as good. Is his high water is such a high water mark? It's tough yeah, to yeah, do. yeah. Um, and I think he takes more chances than like uh, Scorsese. I'm not saying Scorsese makes bad movies, but I Scorsese, yeah, Scorsese makes a Scorsese like just to say Quentin does as well. But Quentin is, I don't know. It's 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 more I, hyper in Quentin's world, so there's a greater chance for failure. I think. Well, it's tough to compare them, right? Because I mean, yeah. Scorsese seventy, so it's like we'll see what Tarantino is doing when he's seventy. What kind of is he going back and? But I mean, Tarantino, Scorsese, I think takes chances. They're just not the same kinds of chances that Tarantino takes, right? Yeah. Because I mean, he like Silence was an insane movie uh, that what twenty people saw in the world. So, but he tried to do something, and he'll do like he'll do those random ones. Like he did what was the Buddhist one he did right with. Uh, DiCaprio, I think, or not DiCaprio, uh, Keanu Reeves, I think is uh, whichever one he did that was Kundun or something like that. Scorsese did that one. So he does take the chances. They're just different chances than Tarantino takes. Hugo. Yeah, Hugo. Hugo, right? He tries. Yeah. Irishman is basically Goodfellas. Yes, absolutely. And maybe when Tarantino's 70, he'll do like a Reservoir Dogs version at 70. You just, we'll see. And then what was that early. uh, uh, Scorsese, where it's it's Keitel and it's uh, once upon is that is that once upon a time in New York? Oh, uh, Mean Streets or Mean Streets? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of an earlier version before they got the whole right because De Niro's in that. Yeah. yeah, guys, band of mobsters, kind of. Yeah, it has shades of it. Like, yeah, Scorsese gives you a Scorsese like movie, just as right. Tarantino's. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. failing it properly describing exactly what i'm trying to illustrate here but yeah yeah so anyway i loved once upon a time so what's your <laughs> there we go uh my four is inception which probably didn't make your list no it's yeah. i don't go back to rewatch it okay okay um i um it's it, we just recently did it on the cinephiles man and uh it's a film that always attracts me because of the questions you have every time you watch it like how is this possible is this a dream? Is this not a dream? Like every time I watch it, 
I don't know how I'm going to feel by the end of the movie. Depends on where I'm at inside as I'm watching it. And this last time I watched it for the show, I thought to myself, well, then this is, um, this is all a dream. This is all DiCaprio's dream from the beginning. Okay. Uh, and it never existed. Like this whole world never existed that we're watching. Okay. And as I was exploring that, I was like, well, then that's why all these other things are able to happen because it's a dream. That's why it feels so weird and out of place and awkward and whatever. It's, and things work out in a certain way. And it's like, well, it's because it's a dream, right? And so looking at it that way, it made it a very interesting thing to revisit. So for me, there's just something about that film that keeps calling me back every time I watch it to try to explore the depths of it more. Uh, but like you said, I mean, it's not for everybody, obviously, but it's just something about it that brings me back. And not all Nolan films do that. I'll be honest with you. I, I hated Dunkirk. I was bored out of my fucking mind during Dunkirk. Yeah, I didn't um, hate it. I just, you expected, I expected something different, I think. Right, right. Um, and this, it's, it's a good movie. I'm not taking anything away from it. Just, I don't know. I, I wanted something different, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, see, to me, Tenet looks very Inception-y. Yeah, it's got that vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. Tenet will be my inception, and I will like that more. <laughs> but it has a lot of the same elements, like it's what's actually you know going on at any given moment. Yeah, if it uh, ever comes out. Yeah. But I know that there are certain people that don't understand you know, my enjoyment flat out of Interstellar. I think that thing is awesome. Right. You love that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But Inception, I just don't go. I would, if you give me the choice, A or B, I'll watch Interstellar every time. Right, right. Don't even question it. Maybe out of boredom, I'll watch Inception once in a blue moon, but right. it's interstellar. Maybe that's why me and you are, you know, we're just kind of built differently in that way. Like for you, that's the exploration of what science and math yeah. and all that yeah, kind of shit in interstellar. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about like, oh, the mind exploration, right? That's, I find there's, uh, that drives my, drives my interest more, I guess I would say for me other than, the, but I like interstellar a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, where are we at? So that was your four. Yeah. What's your three? My three is Guardians. That's my three. Uh, looking at maybe we have the top three. Maybe. I, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. There's one, in, I, I guess I question at this point, but yeah, Guardians, you know, I was skeptical going out because you hear the announcement of a talking tree and a yeah. talking raccoon. <laughs> Chris yes. Pratt from Parks and Rec. Right. And a director who had done um, a fun movie in, yes. uh, oh, what was that one? Uh, stupid Slither? Yeah, Slither. It's fun, but I don't, you know, I don't go back to rewatch it. Right, right. So, and you just think, Jesus, you know, MCU is playing with house money, I guess, at this point. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah let it ride. It happens, yeah. Uh, and then to pull it off and it instantly becomes one of the best standalone, you know, movies that they've got. Yeah. Is really impressive top to bottom it brings in a lot of color that hadn't existed in the more like tons of purples and oranges and whatnot these really bright vibrant colors and a really good soundtrack that drew people in that didn't feel forced it actually was a character within the movie and helped set the tone and all kinds of different scenes and uh it's a great story it introduced you to a wide array of people like kind of what you wish justice league you've been able to do like here's guardians did it and we didn't know any of these people and pull off something like this um, it's, you know, 
top to bottom, it's yeah. really impressive. And I can't wait for the Thor, you know, team up with them and whatever they spin out in the future. Yeah, I, I will say the same thing. Like I, I remember sitting, standing in line at uh, Century City AMC to see just the 10 minute preview of what they were going to show of Guardians. It was just a, they were releasing like this 10 minute preview. I remember seeing it online or on Facebook somewhere. And like, if you want to go, you got to get in line. Blow. This is before I was doing stuff with Collider. So, I, you know, I just went over as a fan to watch it. And I remember me and Shannon went. Uh, from the geek buddies and we just sat there and it was like just 10 minutes of that it was just 10 minutes it was the entire prison sequence they showed um on the screen there at century city and i was when it was over i'm like that was incredible if the film is like this i think people are going to lose their minds at how good it was and from beginning to end it really was huh was it the prison scene yeah the prison scene yeah so like when you see that you're like holy shit and when it was done, like I said, I just I think uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be great if people love it, uh, or if people if they, the rest of the movies like this, and it sure was from beginning to end. It's so damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody involved in it, all they got all these really good actors, and as much as it's tongue in cheek, it's still serious about what's happening, right? It's got that Taika Waititi vibe as well. As much as it's funny and tongue in cheek. It still never loses the stakes, which I think yeah. is important. Like these people dying, Glenn Close. I mean, that moment when uh, I think it's John C. Riley who comes up and hugs him because you saved my family and blah, blah, blah. Like there's real stuff going on here. Um, and when uh, 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 Gamora is talking to him about, you know, her life and her previous stuff, you mm-hmm. really sense that connection, you know? So overall, just. I was just really surprised how much I enjoyed it. And then Rocket Raccoon, when he has that moment where he kind of breaks down about being experimented on, he's like, holy yeah. shit, dude, we're doing this? Yeah. He gave so. depth and heart. Yeah. And uh, Drax, like, talk about a great comedic character that is genuinely not trying to be comedic, just n- doesn't understand. Everything is literal to him. Yeah. So the types of jokes that you can rifle off with that. And Dave Batista just crushing it. Oh, yeah. Totally crushing it. I mean, I didn't watch wrestling. I actually thought he was a, 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 a fucking uh, Dana White prodigy, UFC guy. I right, didn't know. Right. I didn't know because I don't watch UFC either. Um, so I was like, did he? I had to look into it. I was like, I kind of, I've heard that name. Where have I heard that name? And I didn't know if it was like a, a what's his name, like a Brock Lesnar, and it gone back and forth type of thing. Right, or, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just see like a wrestler, like, oh, okay, this man. They're really pulling out all the stops on this. Yeah. And uh, to pull it off. So, so I mean, I am excited for that and for the Thor standalone and the Doctor Strange. Uh, I think all three of those have my most, you know, my, my highest of interest is, uh, at this moment of the yeah. ones I can think of. Like the Eternals. We'll see. Yeah. I hope so. But we'll see. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what's that one about like alternate? Isn't there like an animated about alternate realities or some shit what do you mean like the spider-verse film kind of but no it's coming from okay. marvel i don't know alternate realities okay i don't know i could be conflating two different movies okay all right um so that was your number what that was our three our three right and uh what's your number two my two is anchorman yeah it's not on my list so wow i know it's just an all-time comedy to me i know dude I'll be intrigued because I'm assuming we have one of your top two was my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes all the sense. But Anchorman, like, 
seeing that I've owned it. I've watched it. I'll watch it now. I will watch that always. It yeah. has a million different little small scenes that I can just pop in and pop out of or start and watch through to the end. And like, I've, I've seen all the deleted scenes and you see where the story was going with this entire other movie. And you're like, well, I can't believe you managed to figure out that this was the movie and it's this successful. Just- I know it's on me, man. I don't, it's on me. I don't necessarily put comedies up there near the top and, um, I, and, and that's on me. Like, I just don't necessarily think of them as ones that I can put in my top 10 because it's sitting right here on my side list. Um, you know, that one and uh, Wedding Crashers and Goldmember all just sitting right around there in my, in my, in my, and I was just like, I, I just, I want to, I just don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think I should. And I actually enjoy Ricky Bobby more than I enjoy Anchorman, even though I like Anchorman. So, you okay. know, there's just something about the tail end of the movie that I get a little bit like, uh, um, but overall it's, you can't deny how funny it is from the, from, I mean, the first open, first hour of the film is just drop dead hilarious. It's a paper thin premise that they managed to get 90 minutes of mm. a ridiculous amount of comedy out of mm-hmm. for, oh, the seventies, the transition from male only dominated television news to bringing in a woman. And that is the premise. Right, right, right. And pulling it off, like, (laughs) to the degree that Ron Burgundy now has a podcast. Yes, he does. You know, 15 years after that movie came out, and it's one of the most downloaded podcasts (laughs) in all of podcastdom. Yeah. It pops up and does commercials and and had that, you know, recurring thing on ESPN for a short while, like three years ago or four years ago, whatever that was. Yeah. Well, more than likely, just continue to do this over and over. It'll be one, it, it, his only kind of go-to stock character. And I, I don't think he really should be doing it. But at the same right. time, I don't fault him for, hey, why not? Like, let's yeah. have some fun. Because they do it in such short little bursts that it's he doesn't need it. So it's just fun for him is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just, it was a no-brainer. Wedding Crashers, you could tell me in 10 years, I don't think it's as funny. Right. I, I find that, you know, potentially believable. Whereas Anchorman, I think. That one to me is a generational comedy. Yeah, I totally respect that. Absolutely respect that. Um, okay, so then my number two is uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Okay, um, I yeah, I, I uh, just I, I've been watching it again on Epics. Um, it is the greatest Mission Impossible movie ever made. I, th- I was on JTE show. We were ranking the Mission Impossible movies, and I think I put it at the top as well because. I think that film could have been nominated for a best picture. I think you could have made an absolute case that that film could have been nominated for best picture. Script is tight. Um, the humor is there where it needs to be. The characters are so well-developed by this point. The storylines that they're weaving in with, with Rebecca Ver- Ferguson and Michelle Monaghan and all of that that's happening there, like uh, and then uh, throwing in Henry Cavill and what he's uh, doing here, the helicopter sequence, um, they're just at the top of their game overall. Um, and McCory does an incredible job directing that film. Uh, and it's just one that now in retrospect, I'm oh not rest. You can't say retrospect two years later, but certainly a film that I keep appreciating deeper and deeper every time I watch it. And so for right now, it's near the top of my list and maybe it'll drop off as I get older, but I just really thoroughly enjoy sitting down and watching that movie and can't wait to watch it again every time I finish it, you know? So yeah. That's what I can say about that movie. I mean, I agree. To me, it's easily the best of the series. Yeah. Right. But I don't really care. 
It's not like I dislike the Mission Impossible series. I've just never been as big a fan as you and other. Right, movies. right, right. So that's why I didn't rate it. It's like I liked it. I think the nominated for an Oscar falls off the cliff uh, during the helicopter sequence. You, you know, so you think that's not a good sequence? Well, I mean, it's very fortuitous how it in the last waning seconds, but all of that is that to me is just pure action fun. Yeah. Whereas the fight scene in the bathroom with Cavill and that other dude. Oh yeah. The, the Asian guy. Spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. And it's got a good intrigue and build throughout, but it turns into at the end of the day, a summer action movie. And that's where I it no longer ceases to be anywhere near Oscar caliber for me. Right. But yeah, no, it's good. It made my side. And I was like, if any mission possible is going to make it, this is the one. Yeah. Uh, it was between that and rogue nation. And as much as I enjoy rogue nation, I just think Fallout's a better movie overall. You know, it's just and it's so damn good. Baldwin's good in that thing. There's they cut out the fat of the extra storylines that I always love to throw into the Mission Impossible sequels, and and they're good films, but they throw in too many storylines sometimes that have nothing to do overall, or they try to force a connection to the overall plot. Yeah. It doesn't really work, and in this one, they didn't. So, uh, yeah, not at all. I thought it was it's a it's a good one. So, yeah, not surprised it made your list. I, I didn't think it'd be two, but I kind of figured it would be on your list. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So then our number ones are the same, I would imagine. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Here we go. So you ready to put these lists together? <laughs> yeah, let's do it, Matt. I mean, it's well, we've talked about it a million times. So Agreed. many times. Yeah. Let me bring the uh, bongos down. Hey, oh, all right. All right, let's put it together. Um, so uh, obviously our number ones are the Dark Knight. Our number one is the Dark Knight. Just to kind of warm it up a little bit. Uh, I would say Guardians next. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's both our number threes. Um, well, let's see. We got Pirates 5-6 and Born 5-6. Hmm. Or where'd you have once upon a time? Eight, seven? Ten. Ten. Okay, then that's lower because that's yeah. my four. Uh, should we just do our one and two here? Or do you want to elevate supremacy or Caribbean into the three, four say, slot? Personally, I would say supremacy and, and Black Pearl should fight it out for those next two, and then we'll do our number okay. two. Okay. What do you want uh, to do? Well, um, I mean, all okay, I know then, is... Damon's not in the context court. of all the movies. I think Pirates is easily the most superior of all the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first Born to me is better than Born Supremacy, but Born right. Su- I'm not knocking Born Supremacy. I just right, right, right. Black Pearl to me was hey they managed to crush a Grand Slam, and Born Supremacy to me is a three run shot instead of a Grand Slam. And you might be right, um, but Damon's not in the court to defend his character, and I feel like that matters. How does that in the context until he turns bigoted a la Mel Gibson? You know what I mean? Where we have undeniable proof. Is that the line? Is that the line that Def has to yell bigoted shit out of the car? Once again, like I said before, Def is, you know, as far as I can tell, I'm only seeing the coverage of the day, but assertion is made. He has proof to shoot down that assertion. And it's kind of repetitive. I heard some leaked audio where he's trying to tell her not to do this because she's like, let's just end this amicably. But it's also did she didn't record. 
Right, right. So that's no, no. Very... It's it's fair, absolutely. It's but it's because I mean, Depp was nominated for Best Actor. I think that gives it a little bit of a okay. uh, prestige that Supremacy doesn't have necessarily. So I won't fight you on that one. Now it's our number twos. Well, yeah. Well, my number one, which oh, is Mission Impossible Fallout. That's your number two. That's my number one. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm my number two. Sorry. Yeah. Versus my number two in Anchorman. Yeah. Well, I just gave in here, so it seems to only make sense. Yeah, but I mean, that that argument is settled and done. I think now we're on to the next argument. Oh, oh, oh I'm not giving up on this one. There's no way, because Anchorman is not even on my, it's not even uh, on, uh, not even, consi- it wasn't even the best uh, of the Will Ferrell movies in my mind. So You you just said and, it made your side list along with no, Wedding Crashers. Fallout for you. Okay. You said it made your side list, too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm just saying, but you're now you're saying it's not even amongst your. I, I said Rogue Nation is the best of the Mission Possibles, but that's not saying much. And I think sure. that's a greater indictment of the overall series as I, opposed to I, it's I, your second favorite Will Ferrell. It's 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 not. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's. I put Wedding Crashes above Anchorman. I would put Wedding Crashes above Anchorman. Well, that's a that's a different argument. That's well, I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just, I would. There's no way I would. Uh, yeah, I would think that makes any sense. That's a str- so you're bringing up the Will Ferrell, and when the I refute and I shoot down the Will Ferrell, now you're bringing in another movie that has nothing to do with this movie. I'm just saying because no, because Wedding Crashers is in the contention to be on the list, and I would put wet if I'm going to put any man, comedy straw man argument. I, the straw man argument is you wait. No, you said it yourself. They took a flimsy, flimsy story okay. and made a comedy out of it. Yes, and also a generational comedy is what I said. A generational. Is it a generational comedy? It I don't is think a it's generational. a generational Whereas, comedy. Is this a generational action film? I think Absolutely. that's Absolutely. I think that's Absolutely. This film could have been nominated for Best Picture. I think I, you can quote me. I said that five minutes ago. This film could have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but as you, saying it, as you were saying it, you're like, you know, I think it, uh, you know, there's a, there's a chance it could have been nominated. That's absolute lie. That's an absolute lie. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> That's an absolute lie. I think it's a coin flip, my friend. It is not a coin flip. Anchorman? I think, I think it's, uh, to me, that it's not a cool. lightweight comedy at best. There's no intelligence behind that comedy. Generational comedy. You've got Ben Stiller in brown face, which is racist as fuck. Um, what else do you want me to throw out there? What else do you want me to some stupid storyline about Tim Ro- uh, oh, about okay. Luke Wilson getting his arms cut off. Come on, that's fine. You're ridiculous. There. Okay. Well, we have a 55 year old Tom Cruise playing a 32 year old. He's playing 32. Jumping out of God knows what or hanging on to the side of what. His wrinkles like, are there for everybody to see. His wrinkles mm-hmm. are there for everybody to see. Fully. I'm going to grab the coin. This is ridiculous. This is it's a weighted coin. You're very lucky I have another show after this, so I'd fight you to the death on this one. It's ridiculous, Anchorman. Anchorman's a fun comedy, don't get me wrong, but it's not the, a generational comedy. Hell, Guardians of the Galaxy is funnier than Anchorman. Guardians is funnier than Anchorman, for God's sakes. What? Yeah. Pound for pound, Anchorman cracks out way more jokes than Guardians does. No. They, tr- no they, they tell jokes, for sure. Okay, well, now you're just saying whatever you're going to say. No, I, I'm saying my truth. Okay, well, that's not the truth. That's your truth, which could really mean anything. It just as your truth that. can mean anything as well. Uh, Go ahead, flip the weighted coin. The truth. Still spinning. 
Oh, guess who's a winner, baby? Weighted coin, like I said. Uh, the ranking is under protest. It was a coin flipped in his house on his floor. So not a neutral floor or a neutral site. So um, uh, it doesn't really count. So in my mind. That's that's fine. So I would say. It's above Anchorman. All right. Yeah. Once upon a time next, because that's 410. Okay. All right. And then Harry Potter, because that was both of our eight. Okay. And that's it? Um, No, we have two more. Two more. Okay. So I have Inception at four. Uh, okay, that beats, I think. Okay. And then what's your next highest? My next highest is uh, seven. That's my next highest. Uh, what is your next highest? Captain America, the first Avenger. All right, see, here's where I'll be a gentleman. You can have Captain America. Oh, yeah, way down at the bottom of the list. Fuck off. Fuck all right, off. fine. Let's flip a coin. No, no. Flip a coin. You already, oh, now you're going to go back on it in front of all of our fans? Because you told me to fuck off. Wow. So now we're going to let fate decide. He has no, there's no manhood here. There's absolutely oh, none. Oh, you just no honor. To fuck off. There's no is, honor. Where is the honor in that? I was said, you know what? I'll give you that one. And you told me to fuck give off. Give me that one. Listen to that. I know. White. I know. Don't give me nothing, white man. Your days are over, white privilege. Go ahead. You, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Flip the coin. Good. Uh, you know, these these old white guys ain't giving up that easy. <laughs> I know you aren't. Flip the way. Flip the coin. Flip, I'm flipping the fucking coin. Boom. Guess who just lost? That's Boom, uh, ridiculous. Baby. Ridiculous. Boom. What is your seven, by the way? Wedding Crashers. Oh, two comedies? Really? We're going to put two comedies on this list? Yes. Comedies come out in the summer. What a joke. Comedies come out in the summer. Hey, you not told me to fuck off, man. You could have had Captain America. Joke on the list I've ever been a part of. That's fine. Oh, well. You can tell this list to fuck off, too. I will. All right. He's like, I'll be a gentleman. Give me a break. The gentleman then takes it back. All right. We ready? Yeah. The top 10 films released in July in the 2000s. Yeah. I think that's right. At number 10. Wedding Crashers. At number nine. Inception. At number eight. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. At number seven. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. At number six. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Mm, Fallout. Oh, I'm sorry. Fallout. Yeah. Pay attention. At number five, which you won. Begrudgingly. Anchorman. There it is. At number four. Uh, The Born Supremacy. At number three. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. At number two. Guardians of the Galaxy. And our number one film released in July in the 2000s is... The Dark Knight. There it is. Where are the drugs? Oh, that's the first one. Uh, there it is. That's our list. Thank you all so much for watching or listening to our show. We really appreciate it. Uh, and, and I apologize for all the shenanigans that you had to witness the injustices that were carried out on this show uh, by a weighted coin uh, on a non-neutral playing field. But these are the things I have to deal with sometimes. Um, and I accept them. I accept them. It's part of doing the show sometimes. <sighs> I'm a gentleman. I will accept the outcome, not fight them. I mean, okay. If we're, if we're gentlemen, if you tell another gentleman to fuck off, I think by rights he can uh, ch- challenge a duel. Look at you holding on to that like a dog and a bone. Come on. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've been told to fuck off before. 
your high horse is actually in the gutter. Just so you know, How you're dare below you eye level of everybody else walking around. <laughs> don't you, don't you put me in the Kristen Smith pool. That is not where I belong. Uh, well, I am not subhuman. Subhobo is a much different strata. So you're you're fine there. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Uh, anyway, fun list. Do uh, you want to read off any of your honorable mentions before we wrap up? Do you have any uh, anyone you want to mention? So many. I yeah. Mean, okay. All the ones you brought up in like eight or ten others. Yeah. For people, people probably asking if I was going to throw Transformers in there. I would not. It's, it's our list. So you have to respect the really great films. Transformers not doesn't qualify. So in my opinion, good film, but not not one of the best of the top ten from that time. So, um, all right. Anyway, all right. Well, thanks everybody for watching or listening to this episode of the top ten. Uh, as Matt mentioned earlier, when I got uh, when I kicked myself off here for a couple of minutes, uh, the golden ticket is coming. It is coming. Everybody needs to get ready. This is going to be a fun, fun show. Uh, we're still working out the details in terms of recording it and all of that. We're going to have a dry run and then do the actual show and then figure out how many we can shoot at one time. So you all will not be uh, without content or without an episode of that show every week on the top 10 yes. show. So that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to get. And we, we're even kicking around the possibility of two episodes uh, a week of the show so that people yeah, can maybe. watch themselves compete. We'll see. That's all in the air right now. But anyway, we've got a logo. Brian Ward has created a fantastic logo. You'll see that soon. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've, we've got a song that's in motion right now or in the works, which I think people are going to love. And so overall, I think this is going to be a fun endeavor. Um, and thank you to every patron who is willing to be involved in it and is excited to compete and possibly win this whole thing and be on the top 10 show. Yes, sir. Bobby, just stay tuned for that. Once we, once that first golden ticket rolls out, then it'll be once a week thereafter. We just, we got to set a release date and all that. So stay tuned for, uh, either next week's show or the week after we'll give you the full, uh, rundown on everything for that, uh, uh, coming up in the near future. Yeah. And if you want to follow me anywhere, it's at Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T. And uh, subscribe to us over at YouTube.com forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. Uh, so the top 10 podcast with the number 10. Hit Ooh. us up over there. You can watch uh, the outrage on our faces. <laughs> certain people say certain things to other individuals. Um, yes. And with a straight face, certain people putting two comedies on. Uh, Mind-blowing. Anyway, yeah, all of that. Please follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And head on over to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca Says, and see all the content I've got going on there. Uh, There are two shows, two new shows that are going to be dropping bi-monthly. Uh, uh, in August. So look for those. I'm really excited to launch those. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, those will be smaller shows, you know, not, not the, the opus that I do now with these other shows, but there'll be something to enjoy as well. So, all right, uh, that's it for us. Uh, remember our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the top 10, number 10 there, and go and see all the multiple tiers you can be a part of and all the topic thunders you can participate in uh, uh, and all the multiple things you can do there. So uh, go and enjoy that. And uh, that's it. Uh, take care of everybody. Have yourselves Uh, A great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 Show. Uh